Good afternoon. It's good to be here again today just to meet with you and to really hear what the Spirit is saying. Because this is a day where we must be led by the Spirit. Uh, I've been preaching for 61 years and I always say the last 25 years before I start to preach, I always pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, it's you and me. I don't want to run ahead of you because that's the flesh. I don't want to lag behind you because I'll miss what you're doing. Can I keep in step with you so that as we minister, I'm ministering out of what you're saying. And you know, the Holy Spirit has never let me down. Never, ever let me down. He always, and I tell you, what, tell you something, the most exciting thing is, is learning something new when you're preaching. <laughs> and Bill will tell you that. When the, when the Spirit reveals something to you when you're preaching that you've never, ever, ever known before. God takes pity on me now. He wakes, he wakes Bill up for Bill to get up. He doesn't do that to me now. Because I'm in the, in the category in Joe, old men dream dreams. <laughs> and God gives me lots of dreams now that I've never had before. He used to wake me up at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. and uh, But most times now I wake up and I've been in a dream without knowing it. Still sound asleep, but when I wake up, I know I've been impacted by the Spirit of God. Uh, and the things that He's impacted me, He's fresh on the mind. Most of you don't remember your dreams, but when the Spirit impacts you as a, as a dream, you wake up in the morning and you can remember what is uh, prayer works. And I'm going to give you a wee instance before I get into what I want to say to you today. I, I did a thing called Connecting Scotland and 2007. Is it as long as that ago? It is. Uh, but in 2006 and 2007, early 2007, I went round uh, Scotland twice, uh, meeting with leaders, uh, trying to get them worked up about prayer, get them excited about joining uh, across the nation in prayer. And uh, one day I had arranged a, a gathering in Inverness. Mr. McDonald, I must say, of McDonald Hotels, was an absolute, uh, uh, he was wonderful. He actually gave a great support to pay for Scotland. And he would put on uh, lunches and everything for, for leaders and whatnot. Uh, and at that time, I had just got 45 leaders together in Inverness. Now, that's hard, you know, to get leaders together. But I found the secret, put food on and they'll be there. If you put food on, they'll be there. And uh, thanks, Agnes. Uh, but I remember being uh, on the on Harris and Lewis. You know, I drove down to get to uh, to North Uist and into Benbecula, and I was having a, a, a lunch in Benbecula, and I was staying there a couple of days uh, before driving back up to get the ferry across to Inverness. To meet these uh, with these leaders, and uh, so at that at that meeting in in, in Benbecula, there was there was two Church of Scotland ministers, there were three Church of Scotland ministers, there was a Catholic priest, and there was three, and that's not a joke. <laughs> and there was about three other lay people, and we had just an amazing uh, with a brunch together, and I shared what Connecting Scotland was all about. And I'm out the car to get something, and who's on my tail but the Roman Catholic priest? He says, I've never done this before. He says, but I want to tell you, as you were speaking, God gave me a word for you. He says, I've never done this before. 
And he says, is this what happens? I said, well, let me hear what your word is. And so he gave me a word which was just spot on. It was a, a confirmation of a word that God had given me a, a, a few years earlier. But he, he was reconfirming. And he says, when you come over to Ben Beckel, I says, uh, because I, I was carrying a big cross around Scotland, uh, made in the Shetland. And they said, when my people got hold of the cross, you'll not get it back. He says, but that's not, that's not my story. In Benbecula, it came across that, the, that there was going to be a storm uh, that was going to last for 24 hours. And the ferries from, from Stornoway to Ullipool would not run. So hearing that in the news, I got up early the next morning, drove up and got the, uh, the ferry to Leavenborough, was still running, got across to Leavenborough, drove up to, and I was on the harbour in Stornoway at half past six, so you can imagine when I left to get there. And I was on the, and an old man came and he opened up the, the, the place where you buy your tickets and he said, well, you'll not sail the day, son. He said, this storm is due to blow out till two o'clock in the morning. He says, so everything is, is cancelled. I said, okay. Uh, he says, I would go away if I was you, but I says, okay. But I, I drove into the car park and uh, uh, I phoned Gene Black, who was my colleague at that time. I don't know if anybody's no Gene Black. Uh, and I phoned Gene, who was my colleague in Pray for Scotland. And I said to Gene, I says, could you put out a prayer call that this weather changes? so that I can go on this boat, uh, so I can go over to Inverness, get a night's sleep in the hotel, and meet the leaders the next, the next morning. And she said, that's fine, but she says, if, if you can't get across, I'll jump on the train at Stirling, uh, and I'll take the meeting in Inverness if you can't get across. I said, but put, a prayer to, put out a, a prayer call across our, our colleagues in Scotland. And uh, Jane put out a, a, a prayer call, and I was in, in, in touch with Jean with the phone. She said, she'd go and see so-and-so. I says, no, Jean. I says, I'm not moving for here. I said, because I believe that I'm still going to get across the ferry. And I had a wee, a wee Yaris, the original Yaris, which was a lot smaller than, than the Yaris I've got now. And it was getting blown about in the car park. It, it was so strong, that wind. And I was praying. And uh, others across uh, so Scotland were, were praying. And... At, uh, at two o'clock that afternoon, it wasn't supposed to blow out until two o'clock the next morning. At two o'clock that afternoon, the wind folded. In a matter of, of seconds, it just went whoosh. And of course, I don't know how they got to know, but within five minutes, the, the lorries, the cars, and everything. And because this, is, this was in my ferry, I was in the standby lane. And there was a car already in, in front of me in the standby lane. So I drove into, behind him in the standby lane. And lorries, 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 cars, vans. And every lane was, was filled up because everybody was wanting to get on this boat and get across at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And so they started loading up, up the boat. And I'm watching it. Lorry, lorry, lorry. I said, oh, Lord, I said, I need to get on this boat. I says, I need to get on this boat. You've actually calmed the storm. I need to get on this boat. And I remember uh, every car and lorry was put on the boat and they waved the car in front of me on. 
And then there was nothing. Five minutes, ten minutes, and I'm interceding like mad. And then the man comes round the corner and he says, A wee Yaris, we can put you on the back, I think, sideways. Isn't God good? And he put me up the ramp and I had to turn sharp because the boat was full to capacity. But he managed, because I was a wee Yaris, he managed to put me on one side of his. God answers prayer, you know. I, I could listen to the old man and just went away and no bother, but I knew that God answered prayer. And I knew that I, I had to get across here. And, uh, and when the wind folded, it wasn't gradual. It just folded all at once. And it, it allowed me to get on. On, on the ferry, and I could tell you story after story about God answering prayer on our, on all all the prayer journeys that I've been on over over the years. I'll be seventy-eight in a few few weeks' time, maybe about five weeks' time, I think it is. Uh, so God has got pity on me now. He doesn't get me up during the night. He just puts it in, 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 in a dream. That's what Joel says anyway. Uh, that, so you must be a young man still, Bill. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I'm an old man who. Well, dream dreams. I want if you've got your Bibles, let's just uh, let's just go to Matthew chapter six. Uh, Bill actually quoted this this morning, but I just want to have a fresh look at the first two verses of Matthew chapter six and uh, verse number uh, nine. You all know it. You you, you know of my heart. It, that's what we would term the Lord's Prayer. And uh, this is, I was away to phone Bill up uh, uh, at the beginning of January, saying that I probably wouldn't be able to do this today. You know, uh, the way I, I was, I felt that I, I wouldn't have the strength or the energy to be here today. And that night, the Lord gave me a dream. <laughs> And he gave me what I was to start and say on this day. Isn't God good? Uh, it's, it's all about breakthrough, isn't it? It's all about breakthrough. And uh, so it says, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we've been speaking about. We've been speaking about declaration of uh, of releasing what we see, and I, I think that's some great points that Bob brought out about seeing. See, we are a, we are seers, you know, we are seers in the spirit. If we allow ourselves to understand that we are able to see things in the spirit, and you might not have been able to see things in the spirit, but seek God for that that the, the Holy Spirit allows you to see things in the Spirit. Because what you see, uh, I think it was Martin Scott that said that nothing leaves heaven except by revelation. So it's got to be revealed to you. It's got to be shown to you. You've got to be seen. But let's go back to our Father. Now, most of us would think that saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We miss that out. We get to the good bit, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I want to just pause for a moment 
at our Father. You see, because this was a brand new concept. That Jesus, now, the disciples knew how to pray. Uh, as, all Jews, as all Jews did, right from schoolies, were brought up through all the, the schools of the rabbis to know what to pray. And they knew the scriptures. But they saw there was something different about how Jesus prayed. And so they came to Jesus and said, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? Now, when he teaches them to pray, he's teaching us to pray. Because I get arguments sometimes from people who say, but the Lord's Prayer is in the old dispensation. It's nothing to do with the new dispensation. Uh, and I said, well, that's strange. I says, uh, if you want to bring that line in, because in Matthew 28, what does Jesus say? to the same, go and teach them everything what that I have been teaching you. <laughs> you know? So if, if, if this isn't relevant, why did Jesus say that at the end of Matthew 28? Teach them what I've been teaching you. So when they, when in Acts chapter 2, when they went ahead and, and they, were, they were breaking bread, they were praying, and they were going on in, in the Apostles' Doctrine, what was the Apostles' Doctrine? It was what Jesus had taught them. And so, but I want to come back to this, Our Father. We might say, well, he's only, he's only shown them about a new relationship, and that's true. But it's far, far, far deeper than that, because the minute we say our Father, who art in heaven, we are linked into divinity. We've got to hear that. We are immediately linked in to divinity. We are linked into where God is in heaven. We are, are taken from the, the earth and our spirit man and we are linked in to heaven with God our Father. So when we say our Father, it's not just a relationship. It is a linking in to everything that is divine. And Bill's been speaking about that and I've, been, I've touched a wee bit on this morning. If we could realise who we are linked into and who lives within us, we would change atmospheres over nations by the words that come out of our mouth because we're speaking what we're seeing and what we're hearing. But so many of our prayers are just, we're at a prayer meeting, or oh, better pray. You know, and you know that the, the heavens are like brass because there's no sense of the presence of God. There's no sense that you're really entered into the, the holiest of, of holies in heavenly realms. And you're glad when it gets to the queen because you know his prayer's about finished. Because it's the same prayer week after week. week it becomes rote. It becomes habit. And a lot of our prayers become habit. And as Bill was saying, they might have worked in, in a day past, but we need fresh manna. We, we need that fresh manna that comes daily, not weekly or monthly. It's fresh manna that comes daily because the next day it's rotten. The manna only lasted one day except at the weekends where, where they got a, a double supply and it didn't, it didn't rot. Folks, we need to be in a position where we're gathering manna every day, where we're 
where do we gather manna? We gather it in his presence. We, we need to understand that, that if we could understand the power, the authority, and everything that God and the Lord has invested in you and me, you know, we would be different people. You know, we would be different people because the investment that God has placed in you and me has given us the fullness of himself, has given us the fullness of his son, and has given the fullness of his spirit. These are all Bible verses in Ephesians. We need to start believing the Bible. We need to start believing what we, what we read rather than actually looking at it through denominational glasses because oh, our church doesn't do this. Our church doesn't have this. Our, I was speaking to a leader recently and I, I spoke about the kingdom and he said, yeah, but it, it's not really here. It's near, but it's not really here. It, it, it's for future days. And I'm saying, no, and I should have said to him, it is near. What does near mean? Where are you just now in relation to me? Have you come or are you still to come? It's, you know, it was near, it was, it was right next to me. You know, it was, there is going to be a, a, a wonderful manifestation of the fullness of the kingdom in days to come. But that doesn't mean to say that we can't manifest it now. Because why would Jesus tell, tell his disciples to pray a prayer that couldn't be answered? That they, why would Jesus ask his disciples to pray a prayer that he knew was impossible for it to be answered? It doesn't make sense. But when we say our Father, it elevates us. It rises us up. It brings us right into the very near presence of God. Uh, as Bill was speaking about, about, about uh, that, that this morning, I think it was, uh, I always get his name mixed up. Is it Bill Heimer? Is it, is it Paul Bill Heimer? Is it Bill Paul Heimer? I can't remember mind what comes first. But you see, redeemed humanity, that's you and me, redeemed humanity has a nearer place than the highest archangel in glory. Come on, folks. Yes, because we are allowed to come right into the very near presence of God. And what we're allowed to do, we are allowed to speak. We are allowed to speak face to face. In Corinthians, the veil has been removed. And we reflect that, that what we see. We reflect the glory. And so we couldn't be raised up any further without breaking the Godhead. That's how high we are. Because we're seated with Christ in these heavenly realms. So when we say our Father, that transports us instantly into the realm of his presence. You know? Uh, so the next time you read these verses, don't just say, Our Father, for him. Just, Our Father, I'm linked in immediately to divine plan and divine purpose. Oh, come on. Come on, folks. Get excited about this. But start believing it. Start believing it. That that's where we live. In the Spirit.
is in the near presence of God. And it's no, you know, we sometimes think we've got to pray to get in the holiest of holy. No, we're already there. We're already up there. We're already seated with Christ beyond the veil. Whenever we pray our Father, we are trans transported to another spiritual dimension. And that's a dimension that we need to learn how to live in in order to change this nation. We cannot change this nation by begging. We cannot change this, this, this nation by putting on extra prayer meetings. And prayer is a, is a necessity. But the, there's a new, a new paradigm here that people start to understand that we are already in heavenly places. And so we are not, we're not begging, but we're decreeing what we're seeing. <laughs> Come on, folks. We need to start to decree what we see in heavenly realms. Because that's what, see, the Lord's prayer is not a prayer of begging. It's a prayer of declaring. And by the way, you might not agree with me, but that bread in the Lord's Prayer has nothing to do with food. If you look at the context of the Lord's Prayer, that has nothing to do with food. It's to do with Christ. It's to do with what we, what we are feasting on. And where do we feast on these places? It's where He is. It is where He is. Heavenly places. God has always been at work behind the veil. He's always been at work behind the veil because that's where he lives. That's where he has his home. That's where he is. He is beyond the veil. And he's always worked beyond the veil. And he's come out from the veil at different times to speak to Moses, to Gideon, to all these different places. But folks, we are in the most wonderful position that that veil is now torn. Hallelujah. That veil is now torn. And so we are able to go through this new and living way that allows us to dwell in these heavenly realms. And what we see, we can declare and we can release onto the earth. Amen? Come on, folks. We need to grasp this. We need to, but not only to grasp it, we need to practice this. We need to practice what it is to, to be dwellers beyond the veil. And I said, there, it's not our bodies. Our bodies are still here. They're, they're under subjection. They're, 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 getting, they're crucified. And our mind is keeping being renewed. But our spirit man is alive in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And when, when we pray, we are uh, immediately transported into these heavenly realms. And I want to I want to just uh, look at this just in a wee bit more, uh, open up a bit. Going beyond the veil is an invitation to partner with God. Okay? Going beyond the veil is an invitation from God to partner with him. See, as I said before, we don't, when we sit in heavenly realms, 
When we are, are seated there, as Bill would say, as I would say, as well, it's not to rest and enjoy the view and to say, wow, 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 this is wonderful. When, as I say, when Parliament sits, it governs. When courts sit, it dispenses justice. So when we sit in heavenly realms, we are activated. We are activists there. We are seeing what the kingdom of God is in, in reality and releasing it onto the earth. We've got to start believing that. We've got to start, that's what Jesus was saying. Because what is in heaven needs to be released on earth. But it needs that people who understand that to live in that place, to see, is to release. Does that make sense this afternoon? And I'll tell you, what an amazing, amazing privilege that God has, has elected you and me. And I'm not a Calvinist, but God has elected you and me in order to fulfill this, this his purpose. Angels don't fulfill his purpose. Angels react to us fulfilling, decreeing his purpose. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of angels over Scotland with their arms folded. When are we going to hear the voice of God coming from believers that activate us to come down and do the will and to fulfill the plan and purpose of God? So we need to start believing that it's it the door into God's plan and purpose. It's never God's plans and purposes. I want, I want you to hear that this afternoon. It is never plans and purposes. God hasn't got plans and purposes. God has a plan and God has a purpose. And he's called us in to be administrators here at this time of his plan and of his purpose. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Just amazing. And I believe that we're, there's a new remnant starting to come in to believe this. And when we see what the Celtic saints lived in that, that, that place, they learned how to live in that place. And they knew about entering into that place. They lived there in their spirit man. And they were able to bring out things that kings came and sought them. It should be that we should be able to change the atmosphere of our nation, that the Scottish Parliament should be knocking on our doors, asking us for advice, asking us what the plan of God is. You see, we got a picture of that in Lewis where people were getting saved without a preacher because the atmosphere was heavy with God. And we need to have an atmosphere in our nation that is heavy with God. And the only way that that can happen is if there's an ecclesia that believes what we're saying today. That we need to bring an atmosphere of glory, an atmosphere of heaven, an atmosphere that, that of righteousness and an atmosphere of justice that those who are passing our laws 
living under that atmosphere would tremble to go against God's will. Look at the laws that are getting passed in our, in our nation. Look at the sleaze that's in our nation. Look at the corruption that's in our nation. And it's now come out that the biggest enemy in Ukraine is not really the Russians. It's corruption within all that, all these funds that are getting, uh, getting put into, into Ukraine. There's millionaires there now. That once were just bakers. Uh, and we need to start praying. As we'll pray today, not only in for Glasgow, for Scotland, for the UK, but the nations, because that's our calls to the nations. And so our Father takes us into this realm. Our Father links us with, with the divine. Our Father takes us into this place of partnership. And what happens in that place of partnership is this. We, if we're learning how to enter the partnership with God's global plan, it's all about the nations. Bill brought it out time and time and time again in the scriptures that he brought from Jeremiah. It's all about nations. Because God wants to restore to the nations what was lost. And he wants to bring back righteous, justice, the spiritual dominion that the Ecclesia is able to walk in and move in. Listen to this. It is even bigger than global. It is universal. But it's even bigger than universal because all creation waits. Wow. That's not just the earth. That is everything that was created in Genesis chapter 1 to the stars that he flung into space. All creation is waiting for the ecclesia to move. Stars that were never discovered yet. They're waiting. Galaxies that we've never discovered yet are waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Folks, if you could grasp the, the, the enormity of what God has placed in us and what he wants to use us through us, Wow, we would just be history makers, world changers, because our commission is to disciple nations. So, let's jump off the train of convention today, right? Let's just go off the train of convention. Let's get off the status quo. I can't remember what I used to say. But this is what... If you prefer to keep to the status quo, 
You'll be in dire straits and you'll only go in one direction. <laughs> I'm glad you got that. <laughs> there's, there's some places don't get that. <laughs> but it's true. If we stick to the status quo, we're, we're in dire straits and we're going to go in one direction. But we can become the new kids on the block. Amen? That fresh, fresh sound that swept through our country. Girls allowed. <laughs> but you see, we need to come off this train of convention. We can't do this because your denomination doesn't do it. Listen, folks, we need to start doing it because the Bible says we do it. And I'm not mocking them on. Almost the right way or the wrong way. But we need to break free of man-made rules and regulations. We need to, to get off that training convention and start this new journey into this new spiritual dimension that we're in. We can be there today. Because it's a word that came out of our mouth that will determine where we're living. And so, we're sometimes called to pray for individuals. Sometimes we've got to pray for, for fellowships, like we prayed this morning, declared, decreed what was going to happen. And we're also asked to intercede for nations, which we're going to do today. Starting to work with God starts in the heavenly realm. It doesn't start down here. If it starts down here, it's religious. But it must start in the heavenly realms. We must see it in heaven. We must pray its release. And we must see it realized in the natural realm. By praying from this position, we can bring about adjustments according to his eternal plan for the nations. Come on, folks. We need to start believing that, that we can make adjustments that affect nations of the world. We can make adjustments from heavenly realms that, that, that bring nations into, into kilter with God's plan and purpose. And where God has placed you, it's your responsibility to make sure that happens in your region. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we're up there. We're worshipping. We're seeing. And what is the next phrase? It doesn't say, oh God, please, can we see your kingdom come? It doesn't say that. It's a, it's a declaration of what is being seen in the heavenly realms and the prayer in that place is looking 
seeing the kingdom in operation. And it says, I declare that on the earth. I declare that on the earth. What I'm seeing, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as I'm seeing it happening in heaven. Wow. What, what prayerful declarations we are able to make. Where we drink. Are you following this okay? You're not going to show rotten tomatoes at me or anything. <laughs> so, let me just end with three R's. There's revelation, release, and realization. These are not my, my points, I must admit, but it's my stuff that comes after it. I'm very grateful to Martin Scott, who wrote a book called Sowing Seeds of Revival. I've met Martin. He's from the Orkney. He now lives in Spain. But God sends him on assignments all over the world, him and his, him and his wife. And, uh, uh, and so these three R's were picked out in Martin Scott's book. So I don't – I'll say it the first time, but next time – <laughs> Some brother. Some brother. <laughs> no. Right then. Prayer should always lead us to revelation. I want you to hear that. Prayer should always lead us to revelation. Jer Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call to me. That's a request. And I will answer. Wow, that's, that's amazing. And I will show you great and marvelous things that you never knew. And so God wants us you see, we sometimes have a prayer diary, prayer asked, prayer answered, end of story. But revelation is so important to what we're speaking about today. Revelation is so important that, that we need to see what is happening in heaven. It needs men and women with this desire, with this understanding, to know what it is to live beyond the veil, to know what it is to live in heavenly heavenly places to see what is happening in the presence of God. Jesus said, I don't do anything that I haven't seen the Father do it. We need to see. You see, we, it, it takes us out of time. See, that's the important thing. When we are in these heavenly realms, we are not restricted to chronological because there's no, there's no chronological in his presence. And so we are able to see what is happening and releasing it. That's why Jesus says, I only do the things I see my father doing. So when he saw what the father was doing, he was able to release that and come down to earth and do it. So we, we, need, to, we need to grasp this. Because th th this is this is where we should be. <laughs> Revelation is essential, for through it we connect with heaven, and the resources of heaven are un 
lot to us. We reach a place in heavenly realms of no limitations. Are we hearing that? When we are in these heavenly realms, we are in a place where there is no limitations. I remember when I had a wee flat in Loch Gelly before I married Ruth, and I was lying in, in, in my, my bed one night, and the whole end wall of the bedroom became the throne room of God. There was no there was no there was no physical noise, but I could hear in the spirit what was taking place. And it was just an amazing the picture on the end wall of my bedroom. And in the spirit, the praise, the worship, the adoration, and everything that was taking place, although there was no noise in the bedroom, I was in the spirit, hearing it. And in the left-hand bottom corner of the room, as small as you get, appeared two old women from the back. And I immediately knew who they were. It was the two women from Lewis. Now one was riddled with arthritis and one was blind and they were both in their 80s. So they had limitations in the natural realm. They had limitations of walking or getting around or seeing. They had limitations. And what I heard in the spirit was the minute they two ladies started to speak, the father said to heaven, Shh, I want to hear what my children are seeing. And it didn't matter what limitations they were standing in. Because once they reached the heavenly realms, they were in a place of no limitations. And see what happened? They were able to see that Duncan Campbell was coming to Lewis. How do you know that? Because when they, when they came out of that place and they came to their, uh, their minister, and he said, Duncan Campbell can't come for two years. They said, no, Duncan Campbell here in two weeks. How do you know that? Because they had seen it. They had seen it, therefore they could declare it. Is my time up, Bill? Just give me five or I'm always asking for five or ten minutes. As I said before, I'm going to write a, a book on, on sermons that were unfinished. I would like to see what the end of them were. <laughs> but anyway, let me just come to this. Revelation. Nothing leaves heaven until it has been seen in heaven. Why do you hear that? Nothing leaves heaven until it has been seen in heaven. Waiting on God is priming all this. And uh, we can go over, over to, if you, if you take notes, put Hab Habakkuk 3, verse 1 in here uh, for that. But not only do we 
want to see the prayers in Matthew chapter 6 were told that what they saw was to be released. You see, declaration is of no use without activation. That's cooperated, by the way. No, it's not. <laughs> declaration is not enough. We need to have declaration with activation. What they declared from the heavens had to be activated and released upon the earth. It must lead us to pray that the revelation that we, that we see is released. Now, this is where the hardship comes in. This is where all hell, all hell breaks loose. Because all hell is happy for it to stay in heaven. Because it's not activated. But once it starts to be activated and released, all hell breaks loose. We've seen that in Daniel, didn't we? When he prayed, an answer came immediately, but it was three weeks before it came to him. Because there was a tremendous battle takes place. But we need to stay faithful to what we pray for. And I want to share just a wee bit at the very end today about how we leave this prayer meeting. Because how we leave this prayer meeting will determine how the answers are going to come. So there, there we come. It's got to be, this is where the battle begins and all hell is let loose to attempt to stop that from reaching the earth. It's all right saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on, on, on earth as in heaven. But the minute you release that, you will come against such oppositions. But Bill's been teaching us that we're over that. We are over them. But sometimes the battle's mighty. In fact, the, the angel had to call for Michael to come and help him and Daniel so that the answer could get through. 20 days of battle before the answer was released from heaven to earth. Our prayer moves from our prayer moves from prayer for revelation. Open my eyes, Lord, to pray that what has been seen will be released. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I might see, that I might know. In preparation for that release, we will start to get prophetic words being proclaimed. We will start to have that sense of urgency that we've seen, we've, has been revealed, we're praying its release, and then there'll be that sense of urgency, and we'll hear true prophetic words coming out, preparing the people to receive what is about to come. Prophetic declarations will start to be made over regions. We've already started that, Bill. If you haven't got a copy of Bill's books of declarations, I don't know if you've still got them, Bill. They were amazing declarations that Bill wrote in a, in a, in a pamphlet. And then we see it realised here on the earth. 
Now, he wouldn't ask us to pray that prayer if that wasn't going to happen. So we see things in the heavens that we know we're going to see on the earth. Hallelujah. And so the key to all this is to be persistent and to enter through the veil focused on Holy Spirit driven prayer. All this is possible to people who are willing to know what it is. We're all there, but so much, so many of us haven't got the conception of being there. All this is only possible to our people who go beyond the veil and become aware of the sounds and sights of heaven and partner with Almighty God in bringing to pass His eternal plan and purpose for the nations. Folks, we are God's governmental assembly here on earth. Now I know that people will hear this on the podcast and they'll switch it off. They'll say, oh, he's gone beyond, or he's, he's out of his mind, or this is heresy. I want to tell you this is the word of God. This is the word of God. Because if we were not able to release what's in heaven on the earth, why did Jesus tell us to pray that? And so we need to be activists. We need to declare the kingdom come and activate what we see here on the earth. That's my, my word for you today. When is your, your tea break? Yeah. I wonder for a couple of minutes if you're able to stand, if not, I can't stand, but if you're able to stand, why don't we just start to pray in the Spirit? And if you don't pray in tongues, that's okay. Just you glorify God. But let's just break through and worship here. Just for two or three minutes. And we'll probably do the same when we come back. But let's just stand, if you're able to stand. And let's just start to, to worship God in your own way, praying in the Spirit, releasing what we've been hearing today. If you feel a song coming on, just start to sing it. If you feel a song coming on, just start to sing a new song. Oh, shut up, my dear. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead.